Welcome to By Design, where we offer encouragement for your home and your soul. I'm Lynn. And I'm Dana. And we're just really glad you're here with us today. You can head over to our website, bydesignpodcast.com. That's a great place to connect, subscribe, find links, all the good stuff. Awesome. Today is so exciting because Mm -hmm. we have our next installment of The Verb with Dr. Holloman. Yeah. And we're discussing the verb chosen. Uh, This has been such a great um, time with her. I love her wisdom and the way that God uses her. So yeah. There's a lot of info. Good stuff. So today is another episode of our The Verb with Dr. Holloman. Yay. So fun to have you back, Heather. Welcome. I love it. Thank you. So. Thank you. We are so excited because you have a new Bible study being released very soon. Am I right? Yes. It comes out June 6th and I am so excited about this study. I'm so excited about this study. It's all about verbs, my seven favorite. Oh my You're going to love it. I yes. I am so excited. Honestly, I cannot wait for other women to get this into their hands and to be doing groups. And I'm so excited because we get to lead it here in Northwest Indiana. So, Well, I think your women are going to love it because by the very end, they get to share all their stories about these verbs. The whole Bible study is about writing stories about what God has done through each of these favorite verbs in each chapter of Ephesians. And Ephesians is my favorite book of the Bible. I think it's revolutionary. It's, I think, the most influential document ever written in the world. Mm. So I love it. And so the Bible study is called Included in Christ, Living a New Story from Ephesians. Mm. And so the first chapters on that um, beautiful verb that we are included, um, mm-hmm. this idea that you are included, and it's about women thinking through their loneliness, rejection, feeling like, um, you know, that maybe they never felt that deep sense of belonging that could be theirs because they are a child of God. So the whole Bible study is this whole idea of you are not, not going to be lonely anymore. You're not going to live like that anymore. You're going to live deeply included for the rest of your life. So you hmm. guys are going to love it. Um, You're just going to love it. Oh, oh, yes. There's going to be much love about this. <laughs> yes. Um, so tell us a little bit. So which which verb should would you like to talk about and kind of do a little bit of teaching on this? Well, morning? my favorite verb besides seated, which is the verb I'm most known for, mm. the story I'm most known for mm. is from Ephesians 2, seated. But the verb I wanted to share with your listeners today is my favorite verb from Ephesians 1, mm. that very first Um, chapter that you read, it just says this, for he chose us in him before Mm. the creation of the world. And I just had the most powerful experience with Jesus when I asked a really good question about this verb. You're going to love it because this is what I asked. I'm used to asking the question, you know, how did God choose us? Who's chosen? You know, all those Mm -hmm. debates about predestination and election that would just get me so caught up and worried. I didn't know if I was thinking about it the right way. But then a couple months ago, I just was sitting with Ephesians 1-4, and I asked the question, God, why did you choose me? Hmm. Like, what is the point of you choosing me? What's the point? Why did you choose me? Right. So I look through Scripture about all the reasons why God chooses us, and it really began to shape my entire day and how I lived my ordinary life because hmm. being appointed to bear fruit, it says He chose us to bear fruit. That's only one 
of the seven reasons why God chose us. So today I want to talk about what I learned about the seven reasons God chose us. Oh, I love this. And I call it seven new realities. And I actually, I think the book I'm going to write that's going to come out next year is called Chosen for Christ, the seven invitations to the life you were made for. So do you want to hear the seven reasons why God chose us? And this will shape your entire day because if you're oh. thinking, okay, God, why did you choose me to be a mother of these children that are driving me crazy? <laughs> Every day. Why did you choose me <laughs> for this house? That. You know, <laughs> yes. or like, why did you choose me for for where I live, who I am? Right. You know, are you sure oh, yeah. you didn't make a mistake here? Like, I don't like this life. I don't like what you what you're doing. I don't like this day. Well, you have seven invitations about why God chose you for this day. And here they are. The first is that God chose you to be his treasured possession. Mm -hmm. And I was asking myself, I don't wake up and feel like a treasured possession. Mm -hmm. Like I'm this rare, precious jewel because I think about the most treasured objects in my home. So think about the most like treasured object you Mm -hmm. have in your home. You take care of it. You put it on display. You show it mm. off to people. And I don't feel that way. Do it, does God really see me like this treasured mm-hmm. possession that he wants to position in the best light, that he wants to care for and nurture? So I just looked at kind of these verses, if you look all through the Old Testament and even the New, that this idea that we are his treasured possession, how would life change if you really believe that you are that rare and precious treasure. And this, okay, so the second invitation is no matter where you are, that God chose us to belong to a new household, a new family. So it's really interesting to think about how much we get caught up in our our family of origin, or maybe what's missing from our family, or these idea, this idea of you don't have the family you wish you had. But this idea that God chose us to make us fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. So I began to imagine this perfect loving household and what it would be like to see the people around me, not just my immediate family, but the people around me in my church, in my community, and belonging to them like a family. Really thinking about what it means to see this new identity that I'm with all these new brothers and sisters becoming a family of God. So no matter where I am, the question is, how do I build myself into this new household? So, so far, I'm seeing myself as a treasured possession. I'm seeing myself broadly belonging to the family of God. And then the third one that I began to explore is that no matter where you are, that God chose you to worship Him mm-hmm. in whatever you're in. Like whatever situation. So in the the last couple months, no matter what God brings, I think to myself, okay, God, how can I worship you in this? If I truly believe that you chose me for this situation, Mm. how do I declare your praises in whatever pain, disappointment, or confusion or loss? So even today uh, and yesterday on the walk to school, I was telling my daughters, you know, God is good and everything he does is good Mm -hmm. and he makes good out of anything. So we're going to worship him, even if this bad thing is going on. So think about First Thessalonians five eight. You know, to give thanks in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so yeah. good. I don't know how you ladies feel about that. Just that every situation is an invitation to worship. Are Amen. you used to thinking of your day that way? Well, 
No. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Like even like we just came back from the doctor and Kate needs some tests done for some things. And I found myself getting really nervous thinking yeah. about her life. And I was like, God, I'm going to worship you no matter what. for your power, your goodness, your sovereignty, your presence. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's now I could. Yes. Go on. What no, were you no, say? There's just such there's freedom there. You know, when you can see it in the bigger scope of things than just your circumstance. Well, yeah. Well, and it sets you free from becoming self-absorbed and becoming like um, really um, involved in your own drama Mm -hmm. and your own family drama all day long. Right. So what does it mean to declare the praises of God and how do I train my mind to do Mm -hmm. that? And so I actually need to search the scriptures for what am I worshiping God for? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he's good. He's present. Mm -hmm. He's all powerful. He, you know, okay. Now, I could have just written the whole book on those first three, but I still have four left. Oh, my goodness. Number four is if you look at the scriptures, it says that he chose us. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Romans 8.29, God chose us to become like his son. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Now, guess what I did? I started reading the Gospels, and I just asked Jesus, what are you like? If I'm going to become like you, could you remind me again what you're like? Now, here's some things that maybe your listeners are going to laugh about. First of all, Jesus loves children. He loves them so much. Mm-hmm. Do I love children? Do I delight in children when they run through my house with their sticky hands all oh, over my mercy. fabric? So I was just like, Jesus, <laughs> bring the little children to me. I will love them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Other things Jesus does is he's not afraid of sick people or hurting people. And I tend to not go to where the sick and hurting are. Right. So just like that, I filled like five pages of my journal (gasps) just wondering like, God, I want to be more like you. And what are you like? You know, I got the fruit of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, um, you know, gentleness, faithfulness. But, you know, also Jesus is not busy. He says no a lot. If you notice, he takes a lot of time to rest and pray. So Mm -hmm. if your listeners are like, ooh, this could be a whole Bible study, like how to look through what does Jesus do throughout his day and how can I be more like him and ask God to conform you to the image Mm -hmm. of Christ. So you think more, okay, what could I do that, where would Jesus be in my community Mm -hmm. and I want to be where he is, you know, he'd be with the children. Yeah, and with the hurting people, yeah, I don't know. the least of these the people that you know, no one wanted to associate with, like blind Bartimaeus. Yes. You know, like yes. I, we were just talking well, about this in the book yes. of Mark too. Um, how you know, like when the the man with leprosy, Jesus reached out and touched him before he was healed. So, like he touched him with leprosy. He reaches to our our brokenness and oh, just the the, yes. the fact that he was willing to touch the man with the disease. You know, because they were supposed to be completely unclean and unclean, cast away. And, yeah, and away from you know the general population. But he touched him, and like just how he reaches out and touches us in our brokenness, no matter. He's not scared. He's not scared, yeah. but like what? How personal that is into that man that he was rejected by people, yeah. and that Jesus reached right through, right to him. It's just so oh, beautiful. See, yes. Well, the last thing I I learned about Jesus, and I don't know if you guys struggle with this. Jesus was an encourager, but never a flatterer. And he spoke Mm. the truth actually more than he encouraged. Now, he says encouraging words, 
but he knows how to speak the truth to people. And I really struggle with flattery and wanting people to feel good around me. And I'm really bad at just looking at a woman and saying, you know, I see this area of growth in your life or can I help you? You know what I mean? Like think through how to help you grow. I'm just not good at like pointing, not like we all should point out sin or anything, but I'm not good at like, Jesus was really good at saying what the problem is and helping people grow. And I'm not good at that. Like I'll have lunch with women who will say, for example, they'll, they'll, present an obvious sin issue instead of me saying, oh my goodness, you know, this is what scripture says about that issue. I go straight to encouragement Mm -hmm. and not exhortation. Do you guys do that? Am I alone in this? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I I think, I think a lot of times we will use the, we say it's semantics and we say, we, oh, we were encouraging, but really we were just flattering, you know, like, I think that's a really great Mm -hmm. point to put out. and And it's hard to, to hit people with, their sin too and get you know get yes. to, to use do those it words gently mm-hmm. with you know with yeah. your right heart like i struggle with that because i am not like right. that's something i need to work on i know that right I, I think someone had told me once um that you know when someone is really struggling in sin or something that it like the sin isn't the problem the problem is that they need more of jesus they need to want to see him more know him more walk closer to him so I've always remembered that when I'm in those situations. So I'm always just pointing them back to more Jesus. But I love yeah, it. But he had a way of talk, hitting the nail on the head and dealing with the sin well, in a person. Yes. But I can't do that. So I'm always just no. like, let's just follow harder after Jesus. And, <laughs> you know, the rest will work its way out. As yeah. you, what, you know, as you know him more, you want more of righteous life. But I don't know. That's just. Well, no. Well, what I've been learning as I go to more and more women's retreats is if you invite women into a moment of personal repentance, they will grow and the Holy Spirit will come. But if you don't Amen. invite moments of repentance and looking at, because all growth comes by realigning and keeping in step with the Spirit. You know, if you look at later in Ephesians, it says, you know, put off the old self, put on the new self. Well, if we never invite women to think about what that looks like, where is the growth happening? So, man, I am yeah. really no, being that's challenged so, in that area oh, right now. That. Yeah, that's so great. I mean, that's hello. that's been kind of been on my heart for um, pursuit, you know, yeah. is uh, giving women a chance and, and an opportunity to come and to have a moment for those like mm-hmm. introspective moments of repentance that they they know but they just either brush off or they don't make the time to actually look at mm-hmm. their own hearts but even ep- repentance is an opportunity right so it's i think kindness. that we don't have to beat them down no. with the sin it's an opportunity if you repent like, that's the thing the way out yeah it's you know? loving kindness is what it yeah. is well and if you if you're with women who love you it will never it will never feel like condemnation so right. i had to have my feedback review hmm. for my work with crew and i had these two women doing my review and they were saying these really hard things about areas of immaturity in my life and like i'll just give you one example they were really challenging me about how after i do big speaking events or with my books you know whatever that i get really insecure and i evaluate and i constantly um and comparing myself and feeling really really insecure about how i did well these women were basically like that is sin you are in sin when you are holding up the approval of all these people in this important way. And this one woman said to me, Heather, from now on, as you confess this to the Lord, from now on, I wrote in my journal this, that what 
when we as women move out into public ministry, we do things out of obedience and we leave the results to God and we're satisfied with his results. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. So if he does, if he uses me in the life of one person or two, am I satisfied with that result? Or do I always need the approval of the masses, all the attention? But it felt so wonderful to come to repentance and have women lead me into areas of maturity by pointing out, you know, some sin. So that was good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you love it? I only have three more, two more left. Oh, three I'm more. loving it. It's so good. This okay. is so good. This one is my favorite. Okay. Number five. It says in scripture that we are chosen to display his power and glory. Isaiah 60, 20, that we are the display of his power. We're the work of his hands for the display of his splendor. Now, here is the question that's going to change your life forever. How will God display his power in your life if you're never in a situation that requires his power? Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Wow. So lately I've been like, God, we're in a hard situation here. Our minivan just broke down. It's going to take a miracle for God to provide a minivan for our family. You know, we raise support with crew. We're, we're on a really tight budget. So just being on my knees with my husband and saying, God, we're in a hard situation here. We invite you to display your power. (laughs) Yeah. You know, how are you going to do it? And even with like, um, just hard things, little things, big things. How will he display his power here? So I just love the question, God, you have me here because you want to display your power right here. So what would it mean to imagine that God brought you to this situation because he wants to display his power there? Wow. You know? Amen. And and you don't even know what it's going to be. Like what, you know? I don't know. Yes. How so is he going to use his power? Yes. It's hard to think of that though. Like I had a kidney stone two weeks ago, which oh. is worse than childbirth. Oh. It is so painful. And I'm laying in my bed. Okay. If there's these... a man listening right now though, we don't want to tell them that Heather. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's bad. It's bad. Well, if you think about why God chose me to have that kidney stone, mm. I was like, God, I've got choices here. I can worship you. I can think about myself as being part of the family of God and reach out to my brothers and sisters. I know you want to conform me, you know, to the image of Christ. I know you're inviting me to worship you here and experience your power here. So I went through the list and it helped me think through, you know, God, you're here. You, even though I'm in all this pain, like I wrote down, my blog was, my pain is great, but God is greater. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just so cool. Okay. This reminds so me the, of something real quick, Heather, because yes. I wanted to say this when you're talking about your third point about that God chose us to worship him no matter where we are. This reminds yes. me of something I read in Stormy O'Meriton's book when Dip, my husband was really sick. Um, someone gave me the, it's called The Power of Praise or something is the book. And uh, anyway, she says, sometimes praise and worship will be the only thing you can do in a situation you will, sta- oh, you will yeah. stand and praise God while the tornadoes of life swirl around you, and you will see God move on your behalf. And then you will understand the hidden prow- power of praise. And then mm-hmm. she quotes Jack Hayford, and he says, It's not your saying, I'll give it everything I've got, and the Lord will bless it. But rather, it's the Lord saying to you, You just bless my name, and I'll give it everything I have. Oh, and who wrote that? So that last quote was Jack Hayford. Oh, he's I like a pastor that. out in California or something. And he's an older. No, that's now. true. 
Yeah. That's so true. just like we think we have to give it our best, but we just have to bless God and he'll give it everything he has. Like our eyes well, have yeah. to be turned to him. It just that like flipped my perspective. I remember when we were in that struggle, just, mm-hmm. you know, that I just had well, to stand and, may... and cry and sing <laughs> and he would take well, care yeah, of it. And he, he may not change the situation. I mean, he didn't heal my kidneys. You know, I had to right. get rid of the kidney stone, but I was able to like rejoice and thank him for some things in the midst of it. And it just like shaped in my character. So I was like, thank you for this kidney stone. Cause I can see what you're doing in it. So right. okay, yep. the only two that are left. Oh, sorry. Am I talking too fast? No, Should you're wonderful. Okay. Keep going. Girl. You're so fun. Okay. Now that number six really shocked me because I spend most of my life thinking of Ephesians 2 10, that God chose us to do good works, which he prepared in advance Mm -hmm. for us to do. But really, that's only one of the seven. So number six is he did chose us. He chose us to bear fruit. John 15, 16 says, you know, Jesus himself says, I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in the name of my father, I will give you. And this idea of we are chosen to bear fruit. Now that makes me really excited because then I begin to think in any situation I'm in, I'm chosen and appointed Mm -hmm. to bear fruit right there. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I'm confused about what I'm doing or feeling like I don't belong, I think, okay, I'm chosen to bear fruit in this place. I'm chosen as an ambassador here. So does someone here need to know Jesus? Hmm. I'm chosen to display, you know, the power of God and to and to think about this situation as the fruit of good character, of the fruit of the Spirit. And it just made me really excited to think that no matter what my day looks like or where I physically am, that I'm appointed to bear fruit in that place. Hmm. Not anywhere else. I mean, a lot of times we think, oh, I'll go to Africa and bear fruit there, or I'll, you know, put me on the mission trip to Jamaica, I'll bear fruit there. But mm-hmm. even if you're cleaning toilets today and just, you know, doing laundry or doing meat prep or wherever you are, he chose us and appointed us to bear fruit. So to just say to God, you know, I'm willing to be your ambassador in this place. Is there a neighbor mm-hmm. I can minister to? So it's really cool. Okay. Yeah, I like that ambassador. Wow. I love it. Good stuff. Okay, then the last one is deeply challenging. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Honestly. Oh, I, I could only talk okay. about one of these for the rest of my life. I, oh, Seriously. I it's, they're so, so good. I love it. I cannot like wait. Book. You're going to love it. Well, oh. the last one is that, and, and it really speaks to our culture right now. John 15, 19, Jesus says, I have chosen you out of this world. You do not belong to the world. I have chosen you out of the world. And if you look at Romans 12, you know, not conforming to the pattern of the world. Well, I wrote down on my journal, okay, God, you chose me to live differently from the rest of the world. So how is my life and how is my family? First of all, how do I, how do I identify the pattern of the world? How do I identify the world standards? And then how does a Christian live differently? So for me, you know, if you look and see with Christ, I really had to think through, you know, appearance, affluence, and achievement are really the pattern of the world. And God's called me out of that. Or the highest cultural value being the pursuit of pleasure or happiness Mm -hmm. or fame, you know, chosen people live differently. Now, even if you think about um, things we love, you know, things the culture loves, like, um, movies or things on Netflix, I have to ask myself, God, does this activity help me love you and others more 
is this, is this me conforming to the pattern of the world? How do, how do you help me by your Holy Spirit live differently? And I'm still learning that. Like, what does it mean that he set us apart hmm. um, to live differently? Hmm. And so, you know, again, maybe yeah. that has to do with sin and repentance, but hmm. you know, there's a lot of stress in the families in my neighborhood. So do I live differently because I know I'm in the fortress of his peace? So, um, I just love this idea. So what I do is I have this little box filled with these, uh, these chosen statements that in every situation, so think about your day. So you've got your day. Mm-hmm. You have seven choices. You can see that you are his treasured possession. You're part of this new household. You're worshiping. You're conforming to the image of Christ. You're displaying his power completing good works and living differently. And it just gives me kind of a new purpose and mission for my day. So that is what I have been thinking about, ladies. That's the whole thing, chosen for Christ. And that's just the first, that's the second chapter of the Included with Christ Bible study. So if you purchase Included with Christ, you get the sneak peek of chosen because it's chapter two. Mm -hmm. And you get to study those seven things with your women. I, there are so so many things I have to like stop and think about. Like, I just love, I love the way. Which one, which one do you love the most? I, that last one really does hit home. Like what, what am I not allowing to be conformed to? And what am I allowing to influence me? You know, and really it's distracting me from what God's called me to do. And if I, so that, that's something that I'm going to have to, I think be a little bit more intentional about, it's so easy for me to go flip on Netflix and that's quality time with my husband, you know, and that's not, I mean, I do think it's about prayer and not moving into legalism, but just every woman in her own house, in her own household or her own life, asking God, God, what does it look like for me, me personally to live different from the world and mm-hmm. let him show you. Yeah. Because, you know, I have a ton of moms in my life at homeschool because I really believe that's how they live differently from the rest of the world. But I love public school. I really feel like our children are called to our school. I love our community. I love blessing the teachers. I spoke in the high school yesterday on, for the, on the advanced writing classes. I went into the high school to teach a writing lesson and I just love public school. So God has not called our family to homeschool. So that's what I mean. Like we can't be legalistic right. about it. You right. know what I mean? There's, and you can't make judgments ba- on other people's, um, yes, you yes, know, yes. you know, like what, how they're being yeah. chosen to live different. Cause that could be a conviction of their heart. Right. But for you, it's not and me yeah. either. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But exactly. The, yeah, it just, it, it helps you look at, I think when you're making your own choices, it helps you give people or just freedom to others to live out theirs, you know, like, what they're willing to conform to and not it's, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. Absolutely. But this is a good one to think of because the other thing about being chosen out of the world is that means we're comfortable feeling like aliens and strangers. Like I love the exactly. Tozer quote. Tozer said, if I'm awkward here, it's because I'm made for a different world. That's right. We should be different. Like it sh- we should yeah. look like weirdos, like not like weirdo weirdos, but we should be different. Yes. We should right. be. Oh, there are, there's so much good truth you shared with us today. I cannot wait to go back and listen and take notes. And we will have all of um, the points that Heather mm-hmm. makes on our website. If you go to bydesignpodcast.com, you'll be, be able to see them all there. 
Um, this is one that I'm going to have to re-listen to, man, mm-hmm. over and over again. To, and I cannot wait for your book. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <gasps> it comes out so soon. I can't wait. I didn't know I liked writing Bible studies. And then I wrote one. And I love mm. how I grew through just looking at um, each chapter of Ephesians. And it doesn't ask women to do a lot. It just asks these great questions like, how does a chosen person live? Mm-hmm. How are you not living like a chosen right. person? And then, mm-hmm. and then I also have women think of an image to help them remember that they're chosen. Do you want me to tell you what my image is? But you're going to laugh so hard. Uh, <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Well, I'm in my 40s, and in 1985, the song of the year was, um, or the MTV stage performance of the year was Bruce Springsteen's oh, "Dancing in the Dark." Have you seen that video? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know the scene where he reaches down to choose one girl. And it's Monica. (laughs) dance on the stage with her, him. Okay, that was Courtney Cox. Well, as a little girl, I was 10 years old. And that video, I thought to myself, that is what it means to be chosen, to be picked Uh, like that. Well, and there were these other things happening in culture. Like you had, you know, everyone was watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and he's chosen. He opens up the gold, the, right. the candy bar with the golden ticket. Or at the same year, Little Orphan Annie um, was coming out as a movie and all these girls tried out to be chosen to be Annie. I know a lot of people are listening who are much younger, but this was a big deal oh, no. in the U.S. And she was chosen. And think about, you know, anyway. So I was thinking about how when I was little, the dominant theme of being chosen was this hand coming down and reaching down mm-hmm. and picking Courtney Cox off. Well, are you just going to cry your eyes out right now? Because guess the verse that God used to bring me back to him mm-hmm. from Psalm 1 to Psalm 18, I reached down from on high and took hold of you. Mm-hmm. Are you crying? Oh, so the so image beautiful. I remember is he reaches down his hand and he chose me. Oh, so I'm chosen. Are you crying? That's I know. beautiful. Me. Oh I know. I know. So cute. Mm. So. Oh, that you know. is awesome. Look There's a couple he... of reaching down. Um, That's awesome. There's a couple of more reaching down verses. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to look do a scripture search of, you know, he reached down from on high mm-hmm. um, Bible verse, you can find some more mm-hmm. hands. So anyway. Oh. Because oh, Psalm eighteen sixteen is my favorite, but you see it again in like Second Samuel, you know, twenty two. His little hand comes down, or his big hand actually. Isn't that so cute? God is so loving, and he um, he knows what will delight us. Seriously, so. and then that just to think of like how that um, encourages you, and then in turn you're able to like encourage us. <laughs> like that's just I love that all. Well, I do ask the women to all share the image of what they think of when they think of a chosen person, because, you know, as an educator, I do think you need images in your mind to ground Mm -hmm. these truths. And Paul uses the seat, you know, the body of Christ, the building, he uses the armor of God. There's a ton of images in Ephesians, but the chosen image, I love, he reached down from on high and Mm -hmm. took hold of me, this idea of the hand, but other women may need to think of another image that helps them remember that he Mm. chose you for Mm. the creation of the world. So that is so great. I love having you on Heather. Well, thank you. Cause I talk a lot and basically I have nothing good to say except scripture. Mm. I really don't have any other things to say except how much I love God's word. Well, I'll, I'll listen anytime. So keep doing that girl. 
Oh, you guys are the best. So Still, I yes, keep talking. What? Oh no. So <laughs> when when can we wait? So included comes out June six for those that are wanting. Can we pre order it now? Oh yeah. In fact, I think it comes to the warehouse this week. So sometimes Yay. if you go ahead and pre order, it will arrive a little early. Sweet. Um. So. And it's a great Bible study to do individually or in groups. And then after that, all summer, I'm taking some seminary classes. Um, and then I start writing Chosen for Christ, and hopefully that will be out um, 2018. Um, and then we'll see what God does with the verbs. To, the verbs, you know, I don't know yeah. what my future will be with writing more verbs, but Chosen completes the trilogy because you get seated with Christ, guarded by Christ, we have now chosen for Christ and then included. It's a Bible study included in Christ. It's all oh, the prepositions. I love it. I, mm-hmm. I'm so excited for um, our listeners to go and order this book. So make sure you go order the Bible study. And then, we, of course, we will have Heather back on and we'll let you know as soon as her book chosen is ready for pre-order. Yes. I love it. I love verbs. I love talking to you guys about verbs. This is so fun. We actually, I think we're going to have an included Bible study to give away to our listeners. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm so excited about this. So make sure you um, share Heather Holloman's uh, episode, this episode on your social media. Tag us so we know you've done it and you'll be entered to win an included Bible study. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, you guys have a great day. Oh, you're such a darling. You too. Thank you for coming on, love. I have no good design ideas <laughs> other than lilacs, other than cutting flowers, fresh flowers and how to do that well. You got to make sure you crush the stems so they get the water really rapidly in there with lilacs. Oh. That's my only advice to your listeners. Oh, wow. That's, mm-hmm. that's good to know. I love lilacs. And Danette is like, she's the lilac angel right now. She goes around delivering them to all of her <gasps> friends and people. She has some beautiful lilac bushes. Yeah. That's I have t- awesome. I have tons of them. I love that. When I take eggs, I usually take lilacs, okay? Oh, <laughs> you're getting so much more than just fresh, farm I know, fresh eggs. Because I hate for them to be wasted. I, I have so many. I love it. Well, that's a good. So why you crush the stem after you cut it? You crush the bottom? Well, yeah, because and you actually have to make little slits in it because otherwise lilacs will die within the day unless you crush open the stem with many access, access points to draw up the water. And it's actually a really good spiritual parallel about how do we get the living water. Sometimes God has to really crush and cut areas of our life, you know, <laughs> so we get the life, the water more rapidly. I thought about that as I crushed my lilacs. Okay. Like, yes. If I couldn't love lilacs more, you just like <laughs> rock my world. So. Oh my gosh. That's cool. so good. Thank you, love. You're so sweet. I love it. Well, have a good rest of your day. You too. Thank you so Thank much, you Heather. Love. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.